Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, our front nine conversation includes an emotional PGA Tour victory, a Tiger Woods update, and the TGL format and announcement on display. Very interesting stuff to break down there. When we get to our back nine, we talk about some fun wedding prop bets for a wedding I attended last weekend. This week's featured guest is our friend, proud to call him our friend, Danny Werfel. He's a national champion, a Heisman Trophy winner, but more importantly, he's a community leader and he has an unbelievable event called the Desire Cup, which you heard all about last week. We have an awesome conversation encompassing everything he was doing at the event from the TPC Sawgrass Clubhouse. And when we always end with food for our 19th hole, it's my best meal on vacation and a baking update from our co-host. And all of it is brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. I can't believe I'm saying this, Mike, but it is about to be holiday shopping season. That's right. You know, we love our Desert Fox golf friends and their products because they're great for golf events, but they're also a great holiday gift. Maybe if this is something you're thinking about having at your next golf event, you could try it out and get a Desert Fox phone caddy as a gift for the golfer in your life. We still have promo code COL podcast for the users there, but you can also DM us at COL podcast with any golf event information that you have upcoming. Send us the event info, the event manager, and tell us why we should have great Desert Fox golf products at their event. And you could get a cash referral bonus of up to $200. That's right. Just for you playing in a charity tournament and suggesting great products are there in the swag bag. You could get a cash referral. Just send us a DM on Instagram at COL podcast. Again, DM us on Instagram at col podcast with the event info and we'll take it from there we love desert fox golf you should have it on your holiday shopping list and your future golf event list as well check out desertfoxgolf.com interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex let's get into our front nine on today's podcast and let's welcome you back to texas you're finally back home after being in uh coming to savannah going down to uh tpc sawgrass with me and then you turned around and you went down to uh marco island for a week yeah, and I worked on my tan basically for a week. I was yeah. really hard there laboring it out on the beaches of the Gulf of Mexico. It was a lot of beach, a lot of pool, and a lot of eating out at wonderful restaurants. Uh, seafood stuffed down my face in all forms all week long. Fantastic weather. Obviously can't complain. And I even did get a little bit of golf in. So it pretty much the dream vacation. It's always great being down in sunny Southwest Florida. Um, follow along on social at COL Podcast and Course Life Alex for all the sunset Instagrams, which will surely be hitting the feed here in the next couple of weeks. And and how did you play on the golf course? Were you sinking Bernie's birdies right and left? I did have a birdie. It was interesting, Mike. I played an executive course. Are, are you familiar mm. with that terminology of an executive course? Basically all par threes and fours, no par fives. You ever seen a course like that before? uh, I've heard of them. I don't think I've played one before. Yeah, so this is the Lynx in Naples, a par 61. How about that? Par 61. Mm. Uh, And I did have an interesting run at breaking 70. There's going to be a video that comes out with all that. But the funny story from that, Mike, is, of course, I'm on vacation, just going and playing by myself. The course was surprisingly busy, and I got paired with three older ladies 
And, and you wouldn't believe how dumbfounded the old guy starters were at the golf course by me being okay with playing with three ladies. They thought it was some sort of um, prison sentence or something like that. But I had a fantastic si- time. It just goes to show you, Mike, this game is for everyone. Anyone can get along on a golf course. Joan Iris and Margie were, were fantastic companions, and it was it was a great day out there with them. Were they were they veterans of the course? Could they tell you kind of how to how to line up and where to hit the ball? They did. They were absolute peaches. I was getting yardages even when I didn't ask for them on the par threes. They nice. were so generous. Um, well, see, they see gave, here's the thing: you get you get paired with three old guys, and they're not going to give a toot in your direction. You're the, right. The women Honestly, are the ones that are friendly not. and welcoming, and and just gonna gonna give you the best attention while you're out there. They're gonna dote on you because you're the you're the young hot stud. As soon as I heard on the first tee that they play happy golf, um, I knew I was going to be in for a fun day. And they played ready golf as well, too, which I love. So shout out to the ready golfers out there. Uh, nice. So it was a fun experience playing an executive course. And uh, yeah, again, like I said, it's just that full leak long vacation, Mike, where you just get into days. You don't know what day of the week it is. The schedule on vacay becomes all too normal. And you just you really lose touch with reality when, when you're in like a, a tropical part of the country or the world like that. So it was nice to detach for a bit. But but here I am back grinding it out with, with all you guys. Welcome back. We've missed you. That's yes, for sure. Thanks. It was a great trip and, and great to see you to start things off in Savannah and Jacksonville as well. Too. Yeah, it was great to have you here. And it was also great this weekend to see what happened uh, down at Tiger Woods' course, hosting his first PGA Tour event at one That's of his right. own courses, the Worldwide Technology Open in the Los Cabos. And Eric Von Royen and the best mustache in golf, hands down, had, I mean, the eagle putt he had to win was phenomenal on its own. But to do this with everything else going on in his life was just all the more incredible. Yeah, it was an interesting backstage for those who don't know. Um, the backdrop with Eric Van Royen is he was college golf teammates and friends with a fellow pro named John Tresmer. Unfortunately, John is going through a horribly um, fatal battle with, with cancer right now. It is terminal at this point, and, and he knows that he's on his final days. So it's a very sad situation, but Eric uh, was very not only motivated by words from his friend John throughout this entire journey, um, he kind of harnessed a lot of that energy into an unbelievable performance and, and really just let it out after the 18th green victory. And you could tell it was really hitting him hard, but you know, a true you know winning one for my friend and harnessing your, your best moment and during a really emotional time was really cool to see. And, and just an, another one of those ultimate feel good moments that I don't know if we quite replicate in other sports in our landscape right now. Golf has a way of producing um, these storylines where, where it's such a brotherhood out there between fellow golfers in all walks of life and especially in professional golf. Uh, that it was amazing to see Eric get, get the win and, and uh, obviously celebrate in an emotional state the way he did. Yeah, you know, to me, what makes the it's so great in golf is that in in these other sports, the team needs to rally around you, not to make it any less incredible when a team rallies to support a teammate yeah. who may be going through something like this. But out on the golf course, it's it's just you. You need to be the one to do it. You need to be able to go out there and shoot a back nine twenty eight with an eagle putt on the eighteenth to to beat Matt Kuchar by two strokes. I mean, you you can't. It's there's no one else to to blame or to worship than you when you do it. 
Yeah, I know. So that's why it made it all the more impressive that he was, again, able to harness all of that emotion for what's potentially going to be a very emotional stretch uh, with his friend, you know, going through this battle right now. Uh, so, again, our thoughts and prayers are out there, not only with John, his family, but obviously Eric and everyone close to John, because that was just a fantastic story to see. And I'm glad that we're getting a glimmer of positivity uh, on the golf course from from what's overall a horribly emotional situation. But again, really great feel-good win for Eric Van Royen down in Cabo. Another guy who may be starting to feel better after his uh, almost horrible experience, of course, is Tiger Woods. We've yeah. seen him out and about, of course, uh, at his golf course down there in Los Cabos, and he's walking again. There's rumors that he could be playing in the Hero World Challenge coming mm-hmm. up. Um, we talked about this, uh, on our live take. If you haven't have a debate out, on this, you yeah. know, it's still a couple days, depending on when you listen to this, where you could go on and vote and either agree with Alex that he's going to play or agree with me that he's not. And as we've seen, no one agrees with me, so it's okay. But Tiger's walking again and trying to play golf again. And, and it, he's gearing up for something here. He is. And the thing that got me really intrigued was not only seeing him in recent weeks, like you mentioned, but specifically these last few days, carrying the bag for Charlie of all things. Now, again, it's not him hitting any of the shots. That's that's the key point of demarcation here. But Tiger Woods is carrying his son Charlie's bag in a 72-hole junior tournament put on by Noda Begay. So it's 18 holes a day. He's out there walking. We've seen a little bit of a limp here and there, but overall walking pretty well. And just the idea that he could walk 72 holes of a golf course is pretty encouraging. It's probably only about 30 to 40% of the battle, I would say, for, from actually swinging the club and hitting the shots in addition to doing the walking, but very intriguing to get this update. Uh, so again, we kind of kind of got our eyes peeled on that mystery exemption spot that's still looming at the Hero World Challenge there in the Bahamas in about a month. So I have a feeling we're going to get some news on that probably in the next week or two as to whether Tiger is indeed teeing it up in that. You know, I think that spot is reserved for Tiger. I don't think you're going to find out in a week or two. I think we're going to find out Tuesday of the event. Last second decision. We're going to try it out. We're going to game time it and see if it's good to go. I think that's literally what it's going to be. He's going to get on the plane and go down there and see how he feels and then make that call on the course. That's what's going to happen. We're just going to have that exemption just sitting there mysteriously for the next three weeks now. I love it. Yep. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's Tiger Woods. Wouldn't you do that for him? I mean, it's yeah, Tiger Woods. He loves the drama. He really does. Yeah, he really does. Uh, speaking of drama, the uh, TGL, which I just want to keep calling the Tiger Golf League. Right. I, I mean, it's <laughs> kind of is, and it felt like that when it was getting formed about a year or two ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of is, basically. Uh, TGL released its uh, its its schedule and form well, not its, its format to how yep. this is going to go. Uh, 40 second shot clock, 15 hole matches, first nine holes, three person alternate shot, and the next six are rotating singles. Uh, if anything's tied after 15, it goes to overtime with a soccer penalty shootout style closest to the pin competition. So we're going to get a Tiger Phil shootout on the yeah. 19th hole in Las Vegas, which would be, I would pay to see that happen again with Phil actually. Yeah, um, well, won't be no Phil, but we'll for but sure to no. see Tiger there. I know that. <laughs> um, and yeah, but like a bunch of the other world's best are already signed up for this. They're starting to reveal the teams. I mean, as for the format, I mean, it's intriguing. There's a, there's a lot of sexy formats there. I like the nine holes and the six hole switch, then the penalty style closest to the pin. There a lot of stuff to keep your eyes peeled 
But again, you got to remember that they're just sitting into a simulator screen. There's just a goal. It's not an actual course here. So basically, they're trying to get two hours of primetime eyeballs on golf, likely on Monday or Tuesday nights as it works in between golfer schedules. I'm going to be intrigued and and tuning in for the first few weeks. The question is, are are we golf fans, you know, going to be season long fans of this? Or is this just a novelty like the matches that we see once every so often where we briefly tune in and tune out? That that's, I'm wondering what sort of level of popularity this is going to hit. But right now, we're getting a lot of the, the marketing promotion behind it. You know, it's going to be hard for me to want to tune in week in, week out when it's a supplement to the golf we already know and love. I think it could grow a different audience that is interested in it and watches it to grow the game. So yep. you could have overlap and in two separate audiences between the weekend tour, tour events and the TGL events. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a very stream conscious audience. They're going to be looking at a much bigger internet audience on a weeknight. They're going to be looking to catch eyeballs on apps like X, you know, Instagram, all these important spots where you're seeing news break on, on weeknights. Um, so I think golf's trying to grab, grab into a little bit of that drama outside of the Thursday to Sunday action. And, and like I said, the, the teams are in, intriguing. I saw the Boston common team members walk out on the Fenway park, which was kind of surreal. Mike, uh, we got Rory, Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton, and Keegan Bradley, the local guy representing the Boston team. So they split some teams up. I know Justin Thomas is in the Atlanta team, but the repping cities, I don't know. They're probably going to have some kitschy uniforms on. I hope they don't mess those up the same way Liv did, but I'm sure they're going to the first time around. Uh, so we're slowly falling into the, the TGL cycle. Uh, it's obviously all going to begin in January. That's when we actually will see the first golf. But until then, we, ju- we just get the hype machine going now. It sounds like there's a lot of um, members on the Boston Common team that are from the United Kingdom in that area. So it might, it sounds like the Redcoats are coming to me. Oh, quite literally. That is interesting you yeah. mentioned that. We've got two, a Brit and a Northern Irishman on, on the yeah. Boston Common team. But hey, I mean, listen, I don't know, Celtics, Irish, the Clover. It didn't really extend yeah, when I, we went over there to Ireland, but I don't know. There's a little bit of familiarity there. So they're trying to link fan bases in whatever way they can. So it should be interesting to see how this whole TGL rollout goes. Speaking of interesting, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the Morning Read, which we used to be a part of on Sports Illustrated, is doing this week this like uh, what they're calling a um, bad takes week where they're doing these really oh kind of outlandish opinions on certain things. That, that means the and golf season's pretty slow right now, Mike, I think. It is pretty slow right now. <laughs> but at least what they what they did here on Monday, this one from Jeff Ritter, who was the one we dealt with with the Morning yep. Read, mm-hmm, we know Jeff. Um, had this hot take. Okay. Augusta National All right. should swap the ninth and 18th holes. Wow. And make the ninth hole the finishing hole. And then, because it's an 18, an 800 yard walk between the 17th green and the there ninth is. tee, they should build a gondola like you see at the ski resorts to ferry the players across the golf course. The gondola idea is the hottest of hot takes, indeed. That that that, well, that is the piece de resistance on the ice cream really Sunday of that take right there. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now, now he he backs it up that you know the course originally was routed with the back nine being the front nine, so we're kind of playing back into that. Got uh, it. But really, this is not. I mean, yes, Augusta National is all about 
doing things differently and bringing things that we didn't know about. Like I didn't know. Did you know this? The ropes separating players and and uh, fans came from Augusta. Grandstands came from Augusta. Radio color TV and overseas broadcasts came from Augusta. Wow, so homegrown. They're shopping the, local yeah. at the Masters. Yeah, so they're they are at the forefront of doing new and inventive things, but at the same time, they do really value their tradition, and I don't think they're going to change the routing of the course. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, if we're if we're doing the bad takes, I guess that falls in the category because people would be yeah. up in arms if we switch the routing at Augusta National. <laughs> so that certainly would, does fall into the category of bad takes. I, I agree with that. What I would what I would say, Jeff, is that this is a sexy hot take, yes. but it's not it's not going to happen. So good try, Jeff Ritter. Good try. And I, I guess uh, if I'm throwing one off the top of my head um it, it, the masters playoff should be nine holes on the pitch and putt course mm. how about that there, there's my random there bad masters take is we should just go over the pitch and putt course we use on wednesday if we got a sudden death playoff how about that one interesting my hot take which i've said many times in here before is that there should be a women's lpga event mm. at augusta in the fall it, it should be during the autumn when all the trees are changing color. It is the perfect time for Augusta to take advantage. Yeah, you're going to be uh, you're going to be so early it. on that when it happens, because that is going to happen. Oh, too. I've been, you're going to be so I've been talking about it since we had our, our autumn <laughs> yeah. of masters. So, Did. yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Uh, hey, over on our YouTube channel, if you're not checking it out there, uh, Alex's trip to a simulator where he played the back nine at yes. Austin Country Club is live. Uh, so you can check out how he did there. Uh, spoiler, he did okay. Not bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I had the full PGA Tour setup. I like it when you get to play the course and they also have the PGA Tour grandstands yeah. like there in the course. Kind of gives it a little extra feel. And, and there was some some chaos involving the grandstands. There was. So let's just put it that way. So that, that's worth watching on YouTube. There was indeed. Uh, it only gets better this week on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be showing you some of what we did when we were at TPC Sawgrass. It's only part one of our time at the Desire Cup. Um, but a lot of really interesting things happened before the actual golf of the Desire Cup happened. Indeed, yeah. I, I visited you in Savannah. We did a little top golf visit in Jacksonville. We also had a very heated mini golf match with oh, sleeping accommodations on the line. I'll, I'll just I'll leave it and tease it at that, but that's the next video coming to the YouTube page. So be sure to search Course Life Podcast on YouTube and subscribe and check out the old videos I posted in past weeks as well cuz we're putting a lot more video content there to uh to accompany everything you're hearing right now on the weekly podcast. Let's wrap up the front nine with looking at where the PGA Tour is headed this weekend. They're staying in paradise. They're headed to the Butterfield Bermuda Championship where past guest of the show, Seamus Power, is defending. That's right. Yeah, we saw him at the Irish Open and caught up with him at the media day. And it was really cool to hear him see how he celebrated that win. Imagine a bunch of Irishmen celebrating a win in Bermuda, Mike. I mean, that was quite the party. And he talked a little bit about that. So be sure to check the archives for that interview with Seamus Power. But he will be defending. Um, it's quite the interesting field, Mike. They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. They've got PGA Tour winners from like a decade or two ago that are in the field. Um, it's slim pickings. Our boy Dylan Wu's there looking to notch another high finish and add on to an already impressive start to his season. Uh, so we'll be checking out some action. Always good to get a little bit of golf in paradise. Again, for a lot of people, Mike, not necessarily us, but there's a lot of people listening that are getting some cold weather right now, if you can believe it. So now, now is nice to maybe throw a little golf in paradise on the TV. 
I mean, it, it is in the in the mid 40s in the morning here right now. It's pretty oh chilly. Boy, you're all shivering, aren't you? I imagine I'm putting yeah. a coat on before I take the dog out. Let me just there say that. <laughs> <laughs> so Butterfield Championship, uh, your picks also will be up on Run Your Pool. So check that out on your for everything Alex does. He writes a lot there, really. It's like it's like another job. Yeah, Brighton NBA every week. I got trending players in the NBA. I can tell I can tell you who's up and who's down in the NBA every week. I got NFL and college picks on there. So yeah, be sure to be sure to check that out. Runyourpool.com. Let's get uh, to the interview at the turn. But before we do, let's talk to you about our friends at Live Take. Mm, this is where sports yes. debates are solved once and for all. And day in and day out, Alex. What I have seen is that I have the most unpopular opinions in sports every single week. Yeah, it tells you how profoundly intelligent I am. So I hope you're learning now over the years here. Now, now the people are, are showing you how sound my takes are from, from top to bottom. And, and, and thank you for the people who are voting and checking out all the different debates to be had on the Live Take app. Again, it's it's where sports minds meet, talk it out. And the best part is, Mike, it's just I like that it's you get out of your own eco, eco chamber. It's great to win sports debates amongst you and your regular friends at the bar. You always have the same conversations with. But, but what do the people out there in the internet actually think? That, that's why we're, we're really settling the score here on the Live Take app. That's right. You can find us on Live Take, COL Podcast, Alex, COL Podcast, Michael. You can challenge us to a take if you want to, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and accept those. And oh, yeah. you can see if you're any better than us. You're definitely better than me. I don't know about Alex. Um, and uh, so go ahead and check it out in your app store today. Live Take, let your take be heard. So let's get into the interview at the turn, Alex. And uh, this week, it's it's Danny Warfel. We've been talking about the Desire Cup the last couple of weeks and um, had a chance while we were there this uh, just a couple of weeks ago to uh, chat with Danny about the whole the whole Desire Cup. Yeah, it was awesome not only to connect with him about everything going on in his life, but hearing about specifically the cause for this event, not only Desire Street Ministries, but exactly the proceeds and where they go, not only for him, his foundation. And he gives us a little bit of insight into how he got involved, not only with the event, but all these great organizations that he's a part of that help people that are less privileged. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there are so many people, even in our own country um, that just don't have the same opportunities that I or my kids had growing up in many cases, simply because of the zip code or where they were born. And, you know, I, when I was younger and when I was first involved in desire street, if you, talk to me about poverty, my mind would think of kids maybe across the, the sea in Africa or a third world country. But I right. never dawned on me that kids right down the road in New Orleans from the Superdome, where we as Gators won the national title and where I was playing pro football, had such the odds stacked against them uh, in so many different ways. And so what we found in our story at Desire Street is we found that there are people that I would call heroes that have moved in many cases, moved their families into these neighborhoods to, to serve and love kids, to help with the educational process, to, to lead folks and develop in a number of different ways. And those leaders are awesome, but they're struggling themselves because it's such hard work. So Desire Street comes alongside leaders for five years, helps them develop their, their programs, their leadership, their boards. Uh, you know, uh, without Coach Spurrier, I wouldn't be Danny Warfel. We all had people that invested and helped right. build us up along the way. So Desire Street is a support for leaders in under-resourced neighborhoods. And we're right in the middle of a, of a plan to impact 20 neighborhoods by 2025. Uh, and so that's coming along. And all the 
all the energy, all the excitement, and all the money that's raised at Desire Cup goes to directly to Desire Street to support that. Very cool. And I know we're going to highlight it in the gala event tonight, but for those who aren't there, describe some of the stories that we're going to see tonight and hear about those change makers in the community. Yeah, yeah. well, our leader uh, tonight is Stephen Pittman. He's coming from Augusta, Georgia, and has moved with his family into a really difficult space in town that he's going to share some of those struggles and doing incredible work, uh, but was close to burning out, in his own words, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And, and yet... Um, Partially, I think, hopefully because of Desire Street's impact in his life, the things that we're able to do for him and his family and supporting their organization, they're, they're growing, they're impacting more and more lives. And he's going to share some amazing stories of kids' lives whose trajectory had totally been changed because of what they do. And uh, so we try to be a little bit like there's one of those commercials that says we don't make most of the products you use, we just make them better. And that's a little bit of what we're trying to do at Desire Street. Okay. I appreciate that. Very cool. Let's talk about that idea of what you're giving back to. And, you know, we're all thankful for everything the world has given us. Um, but some people don't have the privilege that we have in life and the things that we've been given. That's something that I pray on every single night. And I know you kind of support that statement. Um, but tell me a little bit about thankfulness and gratitude for, for what the world's given you and, and giving you this opportunity to now pay this off to, to the community that you're a part of as well. Yeah, I, there's a story I tell with my boys. They're, they're older now, but when they were young, they would collect <clears throat> Legos. And over the years, they developed thousands and thousands of Legos. So you would think when two young boys went into a room with thousands of Legos, there's plenty of toys to share. But what would always happen is eventually they would find one particular Lego and be like, yep. that one's mine. He said, no, it's mine. It's no mine. sharing allowed. <laughs> Boom. And you get a hit and you get, someone's crying. And, you know, like you and I are laughing, my wife and I used to laugh when they were four or two. But what about, you know, when they're 14 and 12 or 20 or 40 or 60 or 80? And, yeah. you know, we may not run around screaming mine over a Lego, but I think the way we we're ingrained to live our lives is typically it's very focused on me on mine, me or my family at the most, maybe. And when you think about how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you uh, use your talents, most of the yep. time it's very self-focused. So to me, one of the most transforming uh, kind of belief, uh, heart beliefs in the world is when you recognize that life isn't just about you. And I think sometimes you do it because you're supposed to or you think you're supposed to and you can enter in. But as you begin to realize that the joy you can experience impacting other people, it becomes a part of your, your DNA and Desire Street, uh, our team, our partners, uh, everyone involved are just some really amazing people that really care about others. And I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. That's awesome. Again, follow Desire Street on Instagram, uh, check out their website and learn more about obviously the ministries and the cause, but it's a little bit twofold as well too, because I know the Danny Ruffle Foundation kind of plays into all this and we're going to celebrate that as well too, I believe in, in terms of past foundation winners and trophy award recipients. Tell everyone a little bit about that foundation award and how that's given out. Yeah, so the, the Wolfville Foundation exists on a little broader level to inspire service and unity in the world. Uh, and one of the things that we do there is we have a college football award for community service. And that goes Call to that. a Division One college football player who really has the best resume, done the most compelling, the most amount of impactful community service. And how are you finding them, by the way? How does that work? How do you, how do you find great. these people? Uh, we have over 100 nominees every year. We just got uh, nice. over 100 nominees it's typically uh, through the sports information directors or the athletic directors. Oh, cool. And our last year's winner, Dylan Gibbons from Florida State, will be here at the event. Nice. And we're going to share more about what he did to impact the world and what, what he's doing now. And, and, you know, and the foundation also supports Desire Street. It also helps uh, impact other 
other nonprofit leaders. And um, so, yeah, the, the foundation really works hand in hand with Desire Street and, and all our efforts. Nice. So that's what we're all working towards here, the Desire Cup, and everything is going towards those great causes. Now let's get to the actual golf that's getting yeah. played here at TPC Sawgrass because it's an interesting format. Again, pitting Florida alum and Georgia alum. We're heading into the Florida-Georgia weekend, so it makes all the sense in the world to have that format. But uh, describe how the competition is going to go down here between Florida and Georgia. Well, uh, so far we haven't had too many fights. Okay, uh, which is good, but it, there's definitely a lot of energy. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of trash talking in the air around this game in general. And so part of the idea was we would use some of that uh, momentum and competitive juices to create a fun event. We had a, a real uh, amazing friend, Mitch Mitchell, who kind of came up with this scenario. And literally, you're, you're playing uh, some, some people enter into the Ryder Cup style where you're playing like nice. 2v2 in the same foursome for a point on the front, a point on the back, and a point overall. Uh, and others like the, you know, the traditional foursome, kind of celebrity foursome. So if you have a foursome, we're pitting your foursome up against the, the other team's foursome. Okay. And you win a point uh, for the front. There's line. no avoiding the competition here between rivals. You I can avoid the competition, yeah. and then we add up all the points, and we have a winner. And, uh, and people love that. It's gone really well. Um, obviously, playing here is an is a incredible opportunity uh, and to play for your college and, you know, sometimes it gives a team that probably doesn't have a chance to win the football game, gives you a chance to win something on the weekend. So that's been good, too. Okay, yeah. If we can't win or cover the spread, let's at least get the Desire Cup yes, win for the Gators go. here this weekend. Um, tell me a little bit about the – there's no fights yet, but there's got to be a little bit of ribbing and jabbing. Who's the trash talker on each side that we need to watch out for tomorrow on the golf course? Who's going to be talking the most game, that is? Yeah, it kind of depends on who's around. You know, when Herschel Walker was here, he had came straight from an MMA fight, so no one talked any trash to him. Wow, yeah, I would not be messing ago. around with he, him on he that. He was yeah. pretty, pretty clean. Um you know, there's some spicy folks. You know, Shane Matthews, uh, former quarterback for yes, Florida, is yeah. known to say, say some things. Spurrier will throw in a dig, dig here or there. But, uh, Matt Stinchcomb is coming this year, and he's he's a uh, really, really uh, smart and slightly sarcastic guy. So we'll hear from him. Ahmad Black is the one who went on the Swamp Kings, the Netflix special on the Florida Gators. Oh, yes, okay. And yeah. he actually said, can I say this? I hate effing Georgia. <laughs> so that's been coming up on some memes. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of smiles, but there's a little, uh, little too. Interesting. Um, so uh, let's talk about Spurrier and the football sharing that goes on at the gala. Obviously, there's going to be stories from the rivalry shared. Uh, as attendants, what can we look most forward to tonight and hearing the, the stories between the rivals as the night goes on? Yeah, well, there, you know, a lot of everybody will be introduced, all the celebrities and coaches, and there'll be some more extended interviews. Uh, I think tonight, the longer interview is going to be with Matt Stinchcomb and Major Wright. Major nice. was also featured in the Netflix documentary. Um we're going to uh, do a real special tribute to Coach Vince Dooley. Um, it's, it's almost exactly a year since he passed away, and he was a, a very faithful participant in the Desire Cup, and I really don't even know how or where he heard about us or me and decided he was going to be a part of this, but he was great. here uh, each and every year just about, and so we're going to honor him as well. And, uh, and then, of course, um, our MC for the night is Laura Rutledge, who's just been so successful in the NFL and college broadcasting and just brings a delightful personality and an incredible ability to, to charm the room. So it's going to be a, a fantastic night, you know, culminating with, uh, in my opinion, uh, the, the opportunity to hear from Stephen Pittman about the work he's doing and why 
why raising money is important. Uh, and then lastly, we have the actual auction itself where we'll have some Ooh, fun okay. items to raise some more money. Oh, love the memorabilia. Excited for that. Okay, yeah. Danny Ruffle again joining us here. Danny Ruffle on Instagram. Be sure to follow him in Desire Street uh, on social media as well too. Let's get into a little Flora talk. Um, I know that you're pretty close with the program. This will air after Saturday, but speaking in generality, not only for this Saturday's Georgia game and the rest of the season, talk to me a little bit about Graham Mertz, a quarterback, and kind of what, what, what he needs to do to kind to keep up the, the building blocks he started with this season? Uh, I don't think he could do anything more than he's being asked to do right now. He's uh, completing an incredibly high percentage of his passes, more than I ever did. <laughs> yeah. um, he's protecting the football. Uh, he's putting the, the team in position to win so often. I think he's he's really done done well. And then, you know, when, when needed to do more, like against South Carolina, he had just one of the best games ever as a Florida quarterback. I, in yeah, that was a big one. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge when you have such a young team. It's a challenge when the offensive line is thin. I mean, your, your best friend as a quarterback is your line. And, uh, you know, that's been – they're doing their best, but it's, it's been thin line and, and there's been injuries as well, which just makes it harder. But I'm just really happy for him. I got to meet him right away when he came to town, and he's just doing a great job. Yeah, it's been cool to see him transfer from Wisconsin to Florida, take that next step, and the efficiency has been very impressive, so hopefully he has a good rest of the season. Um, the last time we connected, I wanted to get the quick pickleball update from you, because last time I saw you, you were out there on the PGA show floor, just just ripping it up at the net with Sherry Steinhauer and a couple others. Um, how's the pickleball game, and how much have you been playing lately? Uh, playing a lot, loving it, continuing to, to get better, and um, <clears throat> just real excited about it. Um, kind of joined up with the... Uh, Orlando Squeeze is uh, one of the Major League Pickleball teams. And nice. so I'm connecting with those guys. That league is taking off. And, yeah. and they won the last tournament. So it was, it was fun to be there. And just so many opportunities. Uh, we, we hosted our Celebrity Pro-Am Pickleball event uh, about a month ago. And I uh, had another uh, really successful fundraiser. Had a lot of pro players, a lot of, a lot of college and, and NFL icons and other celebrities play. Just had a great time. Awesome. Very cool. Um, let's get to uh, the quick family update, because I know you mentioned briefly that you got a son who's now at UF. Tell me, how's he, how's he doing in Gainesville? How's the life for him there as a student? He's doing great. He's loving it. I think like a lot of kids, his freshman year last year, uh, it was a little harder than he thought it might be. Yeah. Adjusting was, was tougher. He's having a great sophomore year. My other son is uh, a junior in high school. He's doing really well. Really, really proud of him, Joshua. And then our daughter, Macy is ninth grader and uh, and kind of a big, big shock for us was when some boy showed up with flowers to take her to homecoming a couple of weeks ago. It's like, I don't know about this, uh, but it was great. Wow. Time's young flying, man, yeah. He's actually a Gator fan. So that okay. All right. Well, uh, so we can, we can trust him, right? Yeah. Uh, so they, they're doing great. My wife uh, graduated from Florida, got her master's and, uh, and she's just doing great. And I just really, really blessed with our family. Very cool. Uh, one thing that you blessed us with in our last conversation was an amazing after-practice answer. Specifically, it was six eggs, cheese, hash browns, triple tomatoes, triple onions, and sausage, all mixed up from the Waffle House. Have you gotten that since the last time we chatted? Not since yesterday. <laughs> uh, although I made a critical error. Uh-oh. Normally, I just say triple onions, triple tomatoes. Yeah. But I tried to do like the, the Waffle House version of the Starbucks order where you like use the right lingo. Mm. And I went quadruple diced. But 
diced is not tomatoes. Diced is ham. Oh. So I ended up with sausage and ham, uh, which is quite heavy, but uh, got it digested and worked it off. Yeah, my co-host and producer here, he's got some experience in the barista Starbucks game, so he knows all about the lingo. And yeah, if you get the one wrong word, it could mess up the whole order. Yeah, I was at Starbucks the other day, and I said medium instead of venti, and they took me all back and hit me. Nope, not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, you know we love to finish with it with a 19th hole question. I want to talk about this one right here, though. I took a quick walk through 19 at TPC Sawgrass. That is an elite clubhouse setting. So I want to ask, I know we'll have some great food at the gala tonight, but for a 19th hole meal at Sawgrass when you're getting off the course tomorrow, uh, what's going to be the go-to 19th hole meal and drink for you at the Desire uh, Cup? Yeah, well, I think it'll kind of be pre-set out for our event. So I actually don't even know what we're having, okay. but I do know it's going to be really good. So looking forward to that. Awesome, man. Hey, Danny, thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing Sawgrass in full action with the tournament tomorrow. And obviously, best of luck for everything that you're doing for Desire Street and the charities as well. Thank you, Alex. Also, you uh, for being a golf guy, you're knowledgeable about all the sports. So I appreciate it. I try. There you go. Good work. Great chat there with Danny. Love to be able to finally meet him like I was able to being there at TPC Sawgrass at the Desire Cup. And love seeing all the different things that he does with the Warful Foundation, with Desire Street, and the Warful Trophy going to uh, a, a college football player and what they do off the field. So we're not giving right. it to the best quarterback. We're not giving it to the best running back. We're giving it to uh, just a guy who's giving back to the community and trying to make the world a better place. And I think we certainly need more of that. Definitely. I actually just got sent the nominees for this year as well, too. And there is still, there's a lot of talent in the nominees on the field, but it's really cool to see that no matter what level of engagement these guys are at with their college football program, they're looking to help out the community they're in and serve the world and make it a better place. It was cool to meet Dylan Gibbons, the recipient in 2022 there at the event. And I'm looking forward to seeing who wins this year, the, the foundation trophy. And again, Danny, just really doing a lot of things that the, you know, average successful college and pro athlete doesn't have to do post career. You know what I mean? He, he could just sit around and, and just enjoy the legacy he has for himself, but he's going after a greater cause and helping out a lot of people along the way. And, and this event was just a small piece of what, what he'll, he'll be doing with his legacy in the years to come. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure you do. We have a couple other of our chats with uh, celebrities at the desire cup. And of course, on YouTube, you'll see more from our time there and more interviews with other celebrity Georgia and Florida athletes uh, from their time there uh, at the Desire Cup. Yeah, it should be fun. A couple former NFL players and Shane Matthews of the Gators, some Georgia football legends. They'll be joining the video as well, too, uh, connected with Laura Rutledge. Um, I think it was really neat to kind of get into that Florida-Georgia network. And, and I hopefully that's something we add to, to future year's agendas as well, too, and, and really do, again, appreciate what, what Danny and the Desire Cup are, are doing for everyone. And if you liked uh, everything we've been doing here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Uh, leave us a rating of whatever you think is appropriate. That's the best way to let us know what you like, what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, then tell us that too. And we'll tell you to just stop listening to us and go listen to something else. Yep, that's fine. We appreciate reviews and feedback of any nature. You can tell us that this part's annoying right here, where, where we ask candidly for your support. You could tell us that. I would love to not have to ask people for their support, but right. because 
you know, the guy listening right now or the girl listening right now isn't giving me their support, I have to ask for it. It's the same way I, I'm that guy who listens to NPR all the time. I do turn off the radio during the pledge drives. It's just it's a horrible time to listen to NPR, <laughs> but they only do it because not everyone is giving money. I give money, but not everyone else is giving money. So that's the only way we can fix it is if everyone does it, then we don't have to do it anymore. Someone who just suffered through that's going to get the payoff right now because we have a hilarious headline <laughs> from this past weekend in my life. I went yeah. to a wedding here in Texas straight off my trip to Florida, and it was my buddy Colin's wedding. Now, Colin is in our world. He is in the sports betting stratosphere. He writes. He does content. Uh, we're going to get him on the show very soon. Uh, but Colin did something absolutely genius for his wedding day, which I sent you immediately. I, I, it went all yeah. over the place on social media this past weekend. This was incredible. As soon as people got out of their cars, Mike, and we were walking towards the venue, you know, usually the the groomsmen or maybe usher you to your seat or you know tell you where things are. No, not at this wedding, Mike. You just immediately got handed <laughs> a long, thin sheet of prop bets that the, the bride and oh, the groom constructed, albeit in a mocking gesture. The Whitchurch Wedding Day prop sheet was an absolute hit uh, and a hilarious way to start off the wedding. Um, and it, it made a, it made a lot of people laugh on social media as well, too. Definitely something very in, uh, ingenuitive and, uh, and, and a one-of-a-kind idea for wedding, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I have to ask when I'm looking through a lot of these different bets that were on here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, of course, who's going to cry is mm -hmm. always a good one. Uh, who smashes the cake first? Uh, is Sweet Caroline going to be played? I'm yeah, so there you go. You know nothing about these people or the wedding. Yeah. Do was Sweet Caroline played? What do you think? Yes, of course, yes. And everyone lost their money because Sweet oh. Caroline was not played at this wedding. There were I mean, a lot of people on Twitter playing that too. It wasn't played at my wedding, so, you know, See, but yeah. my favorite one here, actually, out of everything here is the will the groom cut the line of the bar while using the excuse of it's my wedding. You know what? He might have. I spent enough time at the bar, but I was the designated driver that evening, so I didn't park there the whole night. I think he very well did. I just didn't see it with my own eyes. But yeah, uh, Colin seems like the type of guy to do that in the moment. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and safely say that he did regarding that to bet. Yeah. I'm sure it was a beautiful ceremony. How much money did you was Were they actually paying out these props? I did. Or was so I won a couple fun? bets amongst friends. Nice. Uh, the bets that I hit were the first dance length over or under three minutes and 30 seconds, Mike. Under. Way under. That was the easiest yeah. win in the world. I don't know how I got my friends to go bait, bait the over. You and I both yeah. know you always well, cut that dance song song <laughs> short. You never dance the, the whole song. Yeah, except you remember at my wedding, they did the whole song at my wedding, and we picked a really long song. <laughs> did you really? Wow, I don't remember that, actually. Wow. Uh, we didn't, and, and this is horrible, actually. If if you ask my wife and me, we don't remember the song because it was like a last-minute choice. We were like, That's whatever, okay. we don't but care. But it went long, huh? Um, but it was, it, was, it was a John Legend song, and it was, it was a long one, and they, he just, the DJ just let it play. <laughs> wow. So you would have hit the over at your wedding. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> yeah, that was the main one where I made money. Overall, very hilarious. Again, I put it on Twitter at Course of Life One. Uh, so check it out there um, and, and check out the prop bets for yourself. Um, but they went all the way through the night. Um, I also bet that the bride would not change into a second dress at the karaoke bar, and she did not. So yeah, it was overall a winning night and a very ingenious idea to add a little, little spiciness to your wedding night with a fun little mock uh, prop bed sheet. 
I love it. If if I ever renew my vows, we're definitely we're doing that. That's oh, that's perfect, Mike. Because renew vow, you can just take words of the script and just be like, "Will this be said? Will that be said?" Yeah. And just have your exactly your friends going crazy on the bets. I love it. Good stuff. It'll be great. It'll be great. Speaking of betting, yep. you finally had a winning week in college Woo-hoo! football. <laughs> yes, everyone, <laughs> drop what you're doing. Give me a little round of applause. Pat on the shoulder here. Snaps all around. Five and four with the picks. And you know what the key, what Mike was? I was on vacation and did no research at all. There you go. So it sounds like you just need to play dumb the rest of the season. That was the key. Is like I'm. I actually know too much now that I write about these games every week, and like I actually know players on every team. I'm. I was too connected. I just needed a little bit of a brief disconnect. So while still being informed, I'm going to pick uh, blissfully ignorant for the rest of the season and try and follow last Saturday's formula. It's. I'm sure it'll work eventually for you. I'm sure yeah. we'll we'll even out and get over 500 here. Uh, what, what we also may be blissfully ignorant of for the rest of the season is uh, the NFL season because both our teams, the Patriots and the Giants, are just continuing to lose. My Giants have now lost Daniel Jones for the remainder of the season after he had an ACL tear at the end of the first quarter at his first game Yikes. back after hurting his neck. So $160 million continue to just go down the crapper every Seriously. single day here. One of the worst deals in the NFL. I asked this question on Live Take, actually. And I'm going to ask you, Alex, which team in the East is in a worse place right now, the Patriots or the Giants? Mm, Yeah, just grouping us together. I mean, we're both just so inhumanely bad right now. And (laughs) the Patriots are bad in a very different way because you would think just because of the panache and the background, the name still associated with the organization, you would think that maybe at least our floor would be a little higher. Like maybe the Patriots floor would be winning six, seven, eight games or something like that. Oh no, the bottom has completely fallen off. The team is inept. The quarterback is desperate. They seem to be cursed at every corner. They can't clinch or win games at all. So it's a different type of bad. Yours is kind of just a, a sad bad where ours is just like an inept bad. So they're, they're both amazing forms of horrible. I'm going to give you guys by a nose right now, just because I think on a given day, we might be able to put up like seven more points than you, but that's really it. There's there's not much of a difference between two crappy teams for us right now. So here's another question then between the, the, the shit show it is, the Giants and the Patriots. Which team has a better chance of winning another game this season? Mm. Well, it's funny because we said that this was the soft part of the Patriots schedule, but we haven't won yeah. a game yet in the soft <laughs> part of the schedule. So, so that's a little bit of an issue there. That doesn't yeah. work well. Um, I would say I think it's the Patriots actually because I think a lot of your NFC mm-hmm. East teams that you're still going to play are still playing for something. Even the lowly commanders who just beat up on yeah. the Patriots Sunday will might yeah. still have something to play for in a few weeks. You never know. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more hopeless for you guys at this point. I think we're yeah, looking I, at maybe I, a – I think I'm going to give you one more, maybe a 3-14 and 14 Giants and maybe a 4-13 and 13 or 5-12 and 12 Pats. That's what I'm predicting right now. Yeah, I think the Giants, uh, simply because they have no um, quarterback who can do anything right now. Yeah, Tyron uh, Taylor. Are in, a, are in yeah. a worse place. And actually, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think it's time to pick up the phone and call Tom Brady. Mm, yes. I mean, Tom Brady's still got real estate in New York. Do you think he'd be willing to pay, play for the Giants? Uh, 
after losing to them twice in the Super Bowl? I was picking a number. I was started with 70 million, but maybe I'm going to go. I'll go 75 million one year. How's that sound? You in? Rest of the year for the rest of the season. (laughs) Rest of the year. Let's see. Um, Discount clearance prorated uh, nine weeks. That's going to run you about 25 million. You in for Tom Brady? Worth it. Two months. Do it. Done. Done. Make the call. All right. He's off his couch. All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yep, it's the 19th hole. It's always end with food, our food conversation to end every course of life podcast. And uh, I told you about the onslaught of seafood all week, but the best and last dinner of the Florida vacation that I had, Mike, was a French pork chop with a miso honey maple glaze at Marco Prime. And that was the best piece of meat I had all week. I had to share it with you, accompanied with potato croquettes and some nice green steamed veggies. It hit the spot, and there's nothing like a nice honey maple glaze on a piece of meat. That's always a good combo. I mean, it's especially pork just does so well with these flavors. So yeah, just, and this was not your, got your a winner. This wasn't your average grocery store pork chop. This oh, was no. bougie, over $30 entree pork chop at a nice steak and seafood restaurant. Uh, it went all the way, and it was definitely a nine out of ten at Marco Prime. Uh, so that was my, ironically, my best meal seaside was a pork chop of the vacation. Uh, what were we up to this past week? Uh, I also had maple going on uh, for me oh, this okay. week. Um, so at the at the bakery, I don't remember if I brought this up. We we're working on donuts in the bakery. Yeah, I don't remember right. if I've mentioned this or not. Yeah, um, I've heard about the teas to this, but I didn't see yeah. them on hand. I saw the beginning and, of the process, but tell me more. So we uh, we did maple bars this week, which those of you from the Northeast will know what a maple bar is. Right. It's, Explain it's it to a everyone donut. Else. It's a donut in the shape of a rectangle with yep. maple glaze on top. It's super simple, but it's a maple glazed donut. And they're just phenomenal. And they came out great. They sold in like under two hours and we sold out of them. Um, so... Maple bars are on the menu now. It's yeah, happening. That, it's that time of year. I mean, it's the perfect time of year for it. It's that perfect post-Halloween fall foliage vibe where you can still get away with the taste of fall for another few weeks here. And I think that would hit the spot. And yes, a donut kit does not have to be circular. It can be rectangle and maple bars are part of that proof. And, and I remember them very well from my childhood. So it's yeah. good to hear that you resurrected them down there in Georgia. You know, we're just trying to bring, you know, the owners are from Philadelphia. That's why we do a yingling cheddar sourdough every week because they're like from that. Philly. The taste um, of the north at the south. Yeah. Auspicious so there's, we got a bunch of northeast flavors going on and uh, more northern flavors going on down here. Good stuff. Again, always end with food to check out that food Instagram content. Follow at COL podcast on Instagram as well. That's a wrap on another great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't by now, be sure to like and subscribe in these last few seconds before we sign off. Everyone have a good week.